1: Hello and a very well welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Monday, September 19. I'm Amber Sherlock, thank you so much for joining us today. Now joining me, I have David Novak from WealthWise Education, a, a big welcome to you. Thank you thank, so much for joining us you. today. And Grady Wolf from Bell Direct, thank you uh, no for joining worries. us. It's Thanks a, for me. Absolute pleasure for a Monday morning. Let's take a look at our first five stocks of the day. We are looking at Bega, Money 3, Gold Road, Ingham's and Red Dirt. But before we go to those five stocks, let's get a look at our stock of the day and it's Regional Express. So we're talking about Regional Express. The airline has received permission from Australia's Foreign Investment Review Board to proceed with its takeover of fly-in, fly-out rival National Jet Express. The $48 million deal is expected to be completed at the end of this month. Uh, Separately, Rex has done little to hose down speculation that rival Virgin Australia may be seeking to acquire it, Uh, telling the exchange it was up to Virgin to address these rumours. Let's see how their shares are performing today up about two and a half percent let's have a chat Uh, David let's go to you first what do you think of this
0: yeah look it's obviously a positive announcement for the company and expanding their regional presence Um, the only thing for me is um, you know their their earnings I need to see that being translated uh, in the future it's it's um, at best a hold if you already have the stock but it's also a very small cap you know it's only got a approximately 160 million market valuation um, the earnings hasn't been great, as you can imagine, in, this, in the airline industry. But look, this could be a turnaround story. Um, and certainly the trend is starting to become more positive. As you can see there, it's been moving up and it's breaking above what we call that kind of small resistance level as well. So, you know, all in, I, I wouldn't be, uh, like I said, it's a small cap, uh, very illiquid as well. I think there's something like less than $50,000 worth of shares traded every day. So it's not going to attract institutional buyers, that's for sure. So, um, you know, if you've got it, uh, you know, you'd probably hold it, but I, I wouldn't be a buyer of it myself in this space right now. I think there's better opportunities elsewhere.
1: David, you're a definite hold. Grady, do you agree with David?
2: Absolutely agree. Bell Potter doesn't cover this stock, but completely agree there as it is. It's coming up the ranks, isn't it? So... Over the last few years, we've seen Regional Express come from the un- underdog story, which I love an underdog story. And they've come to compete with the likes of Virgin and Qantas on the big routes like Melbourne to Sydney. So it is great that they're looking to continue that competitive advantage and competitive up the ranks. But I agree in the fact that they haven't addressed the Virgin takeover bid or takeover talks. So. I think until that's until that is addressed we can't really put a hold or put a buy or sell on it. I think it's a definite hold for me.
1: Okay so it's definitely a hold from both David and Grady. Let's get right to it then and look at our first stock of the day picked by you. And Parker wants to know about bigger Cheese which is of course a diversified food company specializing in dairy products with manufacturing sites in New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria. Uh, Grady what do you think of this one?
2: Bell Potter maintains a hold rating on this one. Uh, but They've recently increased their price target to three, four dollars and five cents per share. Currently trading 34% lower year-to-date, around three dollars and 86 cents per share. This, we maintain the hold because at the moment we do see the light at the end of the inflation tunnel. So they did increase prices domestically recently um, in the second half of the year, and those are fully expected to be felt expected to be felt in FY24. So. Until that happens at the moment, we're gonna see a little bit of to and fro and a little bit of financial stress because they're seeing the ingredients, um, the ingredients international prices on the ingredients division going down. So, um, and quite quickly as well. So until we reach the FY24 where we can see the benefits of the product price increases in the domestic from, um, it's a hold until then. But they do also have the Vegemite way facility for sale. So that will add a bit of buffer onto the balance
1: sheet. Uh, David, what are the charts telling us about Bega?
0: Uh, bearish, unfortunately, it's mm. not uh, not positive. Um, so I wouldn't be rushing to buy the stock. That's for sure. Um, if you've got it, like uh, Grady was saying, it'd probably be best to hold. But uh, the fact that the trend is down wouldn't be it certainly wouldn't be a buy for me. I mean, look, they've been um, obviously they've had to deal with their supply constraints issues. They've reduced debt by sixty million in the last year. They've had a great uh, jump in revenue, but that hasn't translated that much to the bottom line. Although the bottom line was pretty good, I think it was about 11%. Um, you know, their, their return on equity, look for this business hasn't been stellar, I've got to say, looking over the last few years, it's been fairly low at single-digit digit return on equity. Um, and it's trading on a multiple of 16, earnings multiple of 16 times. So it's a little bit still pricey for my money. Look, um, they pay a dividend, you know, the four-year dividend they just paid 5.5 cents, which means that translates to about 11 cents for the full year. So they're on a reasonable yield, just under 3% fully frank. Again, uh, I'd like to see, if this could be a turnaround story, so it's, but it's not a buy. At best, a hold.
1: Okay, we've got yeah. two holds for Bega at this stage. Let's move on to our second stock of the day. And our viewer Kylie wants a view on Money 3. This is a personal and car loan lender. David, a buy, hold or sell?
0: Well, uh, it's not a buy for me. I mean, look, even though their numbers was really great, the net profit was up 30, 31.6%. Their loan book was up, um, you know, so they've had some really good growth numbers here. The problem I've got is in this sector, you know, their the automobile, you know, car loans um, is, you know, in this consumer discretionary area and particularly cars, you know, I, I just think I'm very cautious about going forward here with, um, talk about recession and things are slowing down so in that regard i think there won't be as many people rushing out to buy cars or get loans especially i mean demand
1: has been very strong recently up up till now yeah
0: but i'm saying just looking ahead you know if i look at the next 12 months people might uh, get
1: rid of that second car
0: yep i think so so that's (laughs) i just think they're not going to be you know with increased price pressures you know and everything else that's going on as well I mean, I just can't see this area, even though they've had a fantastic year, um, it's, it's not one in the chart as well is certainly not a buy. It's trending down as well. It's below the what I call the 50 day moving average. So again, um, look, I wouldn't be a buyer of this. In fact, I'd be a seller to look elsewhere. Um, it's just not, yeah, not, not for what I see going forward that I feel is, uh, is likely to happen in terms of slow down in growth in terms of car car sales and and loan approvals as well
1: yeah okay david says it is sell. grady do you agree with him bellpot has a buy
2: rating on this one um it may be due to the current discounted price of the share being two dollars and sixteen cents per share and bellpot has a a price rating of three dollars and ninety cents per share note they did downgrade that though um Mm. Sorry, it's three dollars twenty two now. Is a price target, so they've downgraded that from three dollars ninety. They they've got massive growth ambitions in the next year. They are hoping to hit one billion dollars in revenue over the next year, and that's I don't know if that's achievable because in 2021 they had about six hundred million, million. How are you going to jump to a billion? Mm -hmm when everything's slowing down and they've even said themselves over the last um three years new lending rose 26 percent in the last year but they haven't over the three last three half periods it's been 218 million 236 million and then 230 million so that doesn't show much growth does it on the new lending front and as you said david it's got we're seeing a lot of downturn in new loans new lending for cars because people are getting the interest rates up on their homes, so there's, they don't have as much cash to splash on cars in this front. So it is a buy rating, but I do think it's a watch and wait at the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, David, given that, that low share price that Grady's talking about, yeah. that you're not seeing that as an opportunity to get in?
0: Well, not uh, <laughs> what I've learned in over 30 years in the markets, that's for sure, is you don't fight the trend. <laughs> no matter how what I think, uh, if, if, if the trend is down, you just don't buy against the trend. And I've learned some hard lessons on that one. So, so, but it's cheap. It is cheap. Yeah. On a mm-hmm. multiple and earnings and yield, at 6% fully franked. It ticks a lot of boxes here. right? Um, now, if the trend did turn back up, then uh, certainly I, w- I would look to be a buyer. You know? um, but right now, the sentiment is, is not positive. So for that reason alone, even if ticking all the boxes, the fundamentals look great and the growth outlook, I still wouldn't be a buyer based on that alone.
1: Okay, let's move on to our third stock. It's Gold Road from David. Gold Road is a mid-tier Australian gold producer explorer. They have a tier one mine Exploration projects in Western Australia's northeastern gold fields. Uh, Grady, the price of gold has been putting pressure on the company's shares. What's your view on this one?
2: It has, and we know gold has been going down, but what goes down must come up, right? So I actually really like this stock. Bellpod has a buyer rating on this stock, and they've upgraded their price target to $1.75. Um, it's currently at $1.25. Um, so increasing cash flow beginning to yield from the company is fifty percent of the Gruyere Tier One gold mine exposure, mm-hmm. um, so we really like that, and it's looking to rebound as the price of gold obviously comes back up. Um, they've also got a nineteen point nine nine percent interest in De Grey Mining, and I love that company because of their expo- well, their company's Molina Gold Project, um, which is showing really, really strong. Um, attractiveness to be a really good um, mine in the future, um, and it's in the top tier mining jurisdiction of WA. So I love WA, <laughs> 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 and so they've, they've just finished or targeting the completion of the DFS study and final investment decision by mid next year, mm-hmm. um, and then two year following construction period after that. So. I love this company because their exposure to the varied amount of gold across a few different mines. I don't, they're not just piled into one, they've got a few going on. So for that reason, it's a buy rating from Bell Potter. Okay.
1: David, it's been a pretty rough week for gold shares. Uh, what do you make of Gold Road?
0: Actually, one of the preferred stocks in the sector. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a really well managed, a good growth outlook. I mean, you know, they're producing, um, you know, in tune of about 320,000 ounces, going up to 350. Uh, their costs are, you know, they're, they're all in sustaining costs, are I think around 1300 Aussie. So, you know, when I say all in sustaining costs, I mean, you know, it's not just the cash costs of getting the gold out of the ground. It's processing, it's depreciation, it's everything else. So there's a really healthy margin. Here's the funny thing about the whole gold sector, okay? Even though the US gold price has gone down, so has the Aussie dollar. So the gold price has been holding really steady at 2500 Aussie. So that's a great margin for Australian producers. If they're producing less than if they're all in sustained costs are below 1500 mm-hmm. Now, of course, you've got to have a view about the gold price as well. So if you look at the gold chart, and I'm a chartist, of course, um, you know, if you look at the chart for gold for the last couple of years, you know, it's been trading in a broad range between 1675 US and just over 2000 So it hit the peak of 2000 back in March last year, and then again in February. And it's come down, this is what I call a critical buying support level for gold. I'm actually bullish on gold and the precious metal sector going forward mm-hmm. for a number of reasons I could go on and on about. <laughs> but mostly the reason the gold price, the U.S. dollar price has come down is because the U, um, sorry, the U.S. dollar has been very strong. Now, I don't think that's sustainable going forward with given their, their debt and deficits and fiscal debt and deficits uh, going forward. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's a safe haven or perceived... It's certainly habit. perceived as a safe haven, isn't it? Right, at the moment. So I think there's going to be a place in the, in the, for gold in the future. And so, you know, as long as it holds this support level, which it seems to be doing that, uh, the trend's not positive at the moment. But looking at Gold Road, it's also in a nice little channel here. So I'm a buy, actually, based yeah. on, look, when you look at, they bought DGO. Uh, that was an excellent acquisition. They got DeGray, which is a fantastic tier one project yeah. going forward over 10 years producing 500,000 ounces. Now, that's a take, possible takeover target. You know, they're a major shareholder, as Grady said, on the register. So going ahead, you know, they've, they've got no debt, they've got approximately 160 million cash, their they're holding in DeGraz is worth about 200 million. So you're buying just under $1 billion valuation on a company mm-hmm. that's producing gold at 360, uh, 330,000 ounces at $1,000 margin, you know, it's 300 million. I mean, simple maths. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cheap. Okay. So especially if the gold price moves up from here. I'm, I'm really, I really like the sector. The other one I really like is the unhedged gold producer, which is in West Africa, called West Africa Resources. Mm-hmm. That's even cheaper in terms of their cash flow. If you look at their cash flow, they're generating 40 million positive cash flow with 200 million in the bank. I mean, they've got an enterprise value of, you know, again, just under a um, billion dollars. So five times earnings multiple growing to 400,000 ounces from 210. In the next couple of years so that's another that it's an unhedged producer so that's the other thing if you're looking at buying in the gold sector you have got to look at the hedging policy as well so again you got to, you know yeah it's
1: fascinating i've had some very different opinions about gold over the past I week think,
0: i think there's an outstanding value in this sector newcrest is another one but on the charts it's not a buy but for for, gold, for road. gold road, it is. Okay. I'll put it as a buy. It's so a
1: gold yeah. road for both David and Grady. Um, let's move on to the next one. Now Mick would like a view on Inghams. Inghams is a supplier and producer of poultry and fodder across Australia and New Zealand. Of course, a very very well known brand. Uh, David, what's your view on Ingham?
0: Well, um, again, yeah, they've had some um, cost issues. pricing the wholesale prices have come come down. They're, they're only getting wholesale prices, so their profit has come down. I was just looking at their numbers. Their return on equity is pretty good, but it's halved over the last year. So they've, there's about nine brokers who've got a price target of $2.90. I think it's a little bit, still a little bit pricey up here, 26 times multiple that I can see at the moment. I mean, their profit was down 43% or 44%. Um, and, you know, but however, they they're quite their outlook looks quite positive in moving forward where they expect higher prices. Personally, I'd rather... Buy into the, the consumer end of the market, which is Col- Collins Food, KFC, because mm. yeah, they've got a stronger str- price <laughs> 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 <Well, yeah. laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> That's their slogan. <laughs> <laughs> but look, the trend is not your friend here, uh, as you can see. But I'd have this on my watch list. Um, it, it wouldn't be a buy for me. Um, it could be. Uh, to a hold? Look, could be at best a hold but uh, I'd keep this on your watch list and I think with their costs coming down and prices, they expect higher prices, their margins could turn around. But yeah, the full year result wasn't, wasn't great.
1: Uh, Grady, do you agree
2: with David's sentiments? It is a hold for me. Um, the feed is a massive issue in the costing front. So we know the, p- the price of the feed and to feed their poultry is going through the roofs at record highs at the moment. So until that comes under control and is stops impacting the financial operations, then we're gonna see a little bit of um, obstruction there. Um, we've also, on the positive front, we've seen consumers late, lately with the big supermarkets like Coles and Woolworths say that consumers are switching from the high priced beef That's to chicken. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this yep. is actually really favourable for Inghams at the moment because they're, as we know, a poultry business. So KFC, yep. we love KFC. Um, but in the fact that a lot of people are switching from the high priced beef and um, salmons and things like that to chicken. It does show that there's a little bit of uh, leeway there for them to kind of benefit on or capitalize on that changing trend at the moment.
1: Um, and that's due to cost of living pressures, just because chicken is cheaper. Yeah, yeah,
2: unless at the moment, exactly. Um, but also, no formal earnings were given for FY23. So investors were quick to punish that. A lot, a lot of companies who failed to provide any outlook for FY23 in the current, in the Um, recent earnings season. So I think that the fact that they haven't given any earnings update at all or any guidance for the next year is a little bit of a um, downfall for them in that front. So definitely a hold rating and a price target of $2.90.
1: Okay, so it's a hold from David and from Grady. Uh, We've had a bit of greens today, only (laughs) one, I don't think we haven't. Um, Okay, let's move on to our next stop. Sarah wants the expert's view on red dirt. Now, red dirt is focused on the exploration and development of the recently discovered Mount Ida Lithium Province in Western Australia. Uh, Grady, we'll go back to you, a buy, hold or a sell on this one.
2: This one's a speculative buy um, with a price target of 95 cents per share. Um, currently trading up $2.78 at 74 cents per share. So this one for me is a watch and wait over the next six months, as I'm really intrigued to see what they have planned for the Mount Ida project. We know that that project has multiple high-grade lithium intervals, but it also has gold and copper. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of commodity assets there, mm. and it's looking to be hugely attractive for the company. They've gone with the aggressive exploration underway for the lithium, um, with aim for maiden resource in Q4 2022 so the end of this year um, and they've also recently acquired the electrostate Yenithara, um lithium project so they're taking quite an aggressive stance on lithium but they've also got the kind of backup option of gold and copper as well um, so it's looking yeah it's looking really really good um, Spe- So speculative, s- buy. speculative buy at the moment because of the lithium factor for me
1: uh, David?
0: Yeah, we must have copied each other's <laughs>
1: words. It's not such a bad thing. that means, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: same. I have a same speculative buy on yep. it. I mean, it's the lithium space, you know, let's face Everyone's it. Everyone's
1: very excited. Yeah, about everybody's the excited. Space. Yeah. I mean,
0: if you look at uh, lithium prices, in spite of me, it's gone from 900 US dollars a ton in August uh, last year to, where is it now, like 6,300. I mean, this is, you know, how long is that sustainable for? I don't know, you know, but it's. That's a massive rise in the price of lithium. That's why everybody's excited about this space. So it is a uh, speculative buy. It looks like a new province as well in WA. Like I said, Mount Ida, lithium project. Uh, and they say there's lots of exploration upside. I mean, it's got a market cap valuation of 225 million. They've got 19 million in the bank. So you can guarantee they're going to do a capital raising at some stage, I promise you that. So, uh, but look, it's got a lot of momentum on the chart. It's um, it's it, and that's the name of the game when you've got the momentum on the upside or the downside, you want to get out of course. And are
1: we seeing that lithium stocks in general at the moment? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. They're just, you know, but if you want to go to the top end of town, I am in mean Pilbara and um, Alkium is the other one, Yeah. You, they're the two top main producers right now. Because it does, there is a big lead time between discovering yeah. lithium and then going into production. So they're not going to have their bankable feasibility study done till I think the end of 2024. Yeah. So you've got a long way to wait, but in the meantime, okay, get, ride the ride the wave, you know, yeah. a, so to speak.
1: Uh, you said you didn't know how long it'll last. Any uh, guesses? I
0: wish I keep looking for the crystal ball. <laughs> I, mean, I wish I had that crystal ball. I, I, I don't know. No, not going mean, to. I I've given up trying to forecast prices. I mean, that, that's that's fraught with danger. You know, um, you know, I just follow charts and trends. Okay. And, and the charts are good. The chart's fantastic. I mean, you know, the, 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 the momentum in the lithium price, like you said, it's just the margins are huge. I mean, look at the coal sector, that's the other, the energy sector. I mean, that's, that's just absolutely on a rocket right now, the amount of cash flow that sector is generating. So, lithium's the same. But again, it's the lead time between, produ- produ- between you know, proving up a res- reserve or resource, then um, going into production is a big lead time, and capital cost as well.
1: All right, well, let's take a quick recap on our first five stocks of the day. Uh, We had Bega up first. Uh, David said, if you have it, then hold. It's got a good bottom line. Their return on equity has been fairly low. Uh, But Grady says, hold as well. Uh, Money3, David says, sell, good growth numbers, but with increased price pressures, you can't see this area growing. The chart is trending down. Grady disagrees with David. She says it's a buy thanks to the lower share price at the moment. Uh, There's some big growth ambitions there. Let's move on to Gold Road. Uh, David says buy one of the preferred stocks in the sector. Some great acquisitions. Grady says buy likes exposures across uh, the few different mines, uh, which is good. Moving on to Ingham's. David said at best a hold. Wholesale prices have gone down. Return on equity is good. Still a little bit pricey. Grady also says a hold. Um, Consumers are moving from the high priest. price beef which we talked about to chicken due to cost of living pressures Uh, so two holds for inghams and lastly red dirt a speculative buy from david he's excited by lithium Um, the charts are looking really good grady also says speculative buy. it is a watch and wait and the call is tracking our own high conviction fund which is picked by our investment committee the latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com so let's check in with that portfolio update so heading into September, Universal Store Next DC, the Lottery Corp, ResMed, and Oz Minerals were removed, while Karoon Energy, Boss Resources, Washington H Souls Pats, Premier Investments, and South 32 were added. So let's see how the portfolio is performing. Uh, so far, the fund is up just north of 1% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March the first. So keep sending your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at
0: next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at CMC. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD information memorandum the CMC Pro accounts at our website.
1: It is time to move on to our next five stocks. So let's take a quick look about the ones we're going to chat about. Uh, so we're going to have a look at WiseTech, Perpetual, Egers, Cooper Energy, and DDH One. So Terry has asked about WiseTech, which is an Australian developer and provider of software solutions to the global logistics industry. Uh, David, what's your view on WiseTech?
0: Wow! I wish I bought this stock.
1: <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: unbelievable! Um, you know, growth in the share price from what was it, ten dollars, um, uh, uh, eighteen months ago two years ago, to what a high of just recent high of sixty bucks. Uh, look, they've had some fantastic growth. Of course, you know, in their, with their software, the logistic management system and supply chain, managing supply chain issues, it's just fallen into their lap. You know, they've got something like six thousand customers. And um, you know, and their their ninety nine percent retention rate as well, um, as but they've only got less than or you know, just under five percent of the global market, mm. so there's lots of room to grow. And you can see that chart there is just unbelievable from June, but even if you go further back, you know, from the the um, the uh, post the lows of the pandemic, um, it's just been look, yeah, look up five hundred and
1: seventy one
0: percent. Unreal. Um, but look, on valuation, I can't buy it up here. Um, you know, you're, tr- you're talking about a multiple of 84 times on the earnings. Um, now, uh, the CEO has got 38% of the companies. The founder has been around 30 years since it started. Um, you know, he's been selling down some stock. Who wouldn't at that sort of price? Um, but again, what would happen if something is... You've got to look at the downside risk. That's what I always look at. Well, what would happen if he something happened to him? Because, you know, he's the driver of this. Um, But it's still a great business. Look, it's just the multiples are very expensive. I'd prefer to buy back at those June lows there. That's for sure.
1: Um, Uh, So, a buy holder or sell? uh,
0: I would be uh, well. If you've got it, you'd be taking profits. Yes. uh, And holding the rest. That so, at best, take some profits. But I wouldn't be a buyer. I'd look at definitely buying at lower levels. Plus, you've got. Uh, Also, uh, issues around transportation are dropping off as well, so that could impact their earnings going... And they said that in their outlook statement, there's some uncertainty there. I mean, look what happened to FedEx in the US on Friday, dropping 21%. Now, there's a leading indicator, if I've ever seen one, about global growth slowing down. So that'll slow down WiseTech's earnings as well. But look, it's a fantastic business. It just shows you the power of... You know, we've got software. Uh, logistics, it's the right space for them to be in, but too expensive.
1: Too expensive. Grady, what do you think? Uh, absolutely the
2: same. It's a hold rating from us. Um, share price is down 6% year-to-date, but the, that's part of the tech sector, and the tech sector has tumbled this year. So they've shown strong resilience in the tech sector this year. Um, despite year to the year-to-date growth, the advantage of WiseTech is that it provides the one single integrated platform, enabling the logistics service providers to execute key logistic transactions and also manage their business so we've seen a lot of um, customers finding extra use for the system once they get on board Um, the high level of recurring revenue is massive 75 to 80 percent so the more they grow the more their, their balance sheet and operations grow because they've got this massive retention of revenue every year so once they get a customer and they know their long term as you said 99 percent retention rate so mm. that's a really really well set up business um the company has really strong operating cash flow 306 million which was well above what bell potter forecast for the last year um, and that drove higher than expected cash balance of $483 million. So they're looking pretty strong. And they've also showed expansion as well into through acquiring Hazmatica and Inobiz in 2022, the financial year. So it shows they're not just focused on what they're doing. They're focused on expansion as well, because as you said, 5% of the market, um, they're obviously venturing out into other things because of that significantly worsened environment on the global volumes of shipments front, which is what FedEx came
1: out with on Friday. Uh, So a buy hold or a sell? A hold. Yes. All right. So we've got two holds for WiseTech, although you're both wishing you'd held shares, but sounds like (laughs) I wish I did too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's move on to stock seven. It is perpetual. Roger wants the expert's view on perpetual considering current valuations. Grady, let's go back to you. Yep.
2: The 9.4% fall in August is exactly where we should have bought in at. Um, Bellpot has a buy rating on this stock because of the opportunity that Pendle, the acquisition of Pendle, brings to the company. Both Pendle and Perpetual have been looking at that global distribution, um, global network growth over the last few years, but they've become like they have failed to do so. So by joining the two companies, Global Distribution and Global Outlook is a lot more achievable. Um, All divisions for this company are showing stable net management fees and stable EBITDA margins. So they're looking pretty strong on that front. Um, Strong financials this year were helped by the inclusion of the Barrow-Hanley acquisition, which was in FY 2020. Um, PPT acquired 75% of that. So underlying profit rose 21%, revenue up 20%, NPAT up 39%. So they did actually pretty well this year. So Bell Potter has a buy rating on this one.
1: Okay, and there's a $24.88, down 52% over a five-year. The charts doesn't look great.
0: No, again, for that reason... That, that reason alone, I, I couldn't buy it uh, here. Um, look, they're great. Um, that that um, takeover with Pendle Group, I think will, will do lots of benefit, have lots of benefits for, the, for um, Perpetual going forward. I mean, they've done a stellar job, I mean, in the funds management industry, and they've, you know, they've certainly grown, and they've got a fantastic yield here, as long as it's sustainable. But they are very much skewed to the US equities market. So, of course, anything that happens in the global markets is going to impact Perpetual as a global growth funds management business. So, um, for that reason alone, I mean, I see further downside in the market. So, I would be avoiding it at the moment. I'd certainly have it on my watch list. I think it's... A, so,
1: a hold or a sell?
0: Well, it'd be... Um, look, with the trend, I, I would be selling. I'd, I think I could buy it at lower levels. So, just on the trend alone and the momentum on the downside here and what I see going forward with the global markets as well um, I would yeah I would be selling and then cashing up like a lot of managers in fact I just read statistics this morning that um, most global fund managers have cashed up the, even at just on average six percent doesn't sound like much it's the highest in 20 years mm-hmm. so they're moving a lot of fund managers are moving into cash for the same reason because you've got rising interest rates and then we're expecting lower earnings when the this for this quarter in the US they're expecting some really sharp downgrades. I mean, you know, the warning omen, I, I'd say, was FedEx on Friday. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, you can't be positive in that environment going forward. So why would you be in a funds management um, business um, with with those that kind of background right now? So, you know, you'd look definitely cashing up, and that's where I went to 60, 70% cash, as I said to Koshi last time, um, because that's uh, the opportunities are d- further down the track. but. You know, you've got to, there's still sectors, like I was saying before, the coal sector, the energy sector Mm. is a good sector to to buy into still. But the overall sentiment in the markets are very um, bearish going forward.
1: Um, Grady, obviously, David disagrees with you because he's saying sell and you're saying buy. Given what um, David is saying and those charts not looking great, I mean, do you have anything to add? No, I think I stick by my buy rating. I think
2: the global opportunity for the companies to come together and the outlook that they have together, and they've both been trying to get the outlook and the global distribution for years, I think they're they're onto something here.
1: Okay, so we've got a sell from David and a buy from Grady and there's no budging in that. (laughs) Uh, Let's look at the next uh, stock. We have Eagers. Um, Andre has requested, we ask about Eagers, the automotive dealer who announced a fully frank dividend of $0.22 per share for its first half 22 result. Uh, David, what's your view on this company?
0: Uh, The automotive business, you know, spare parts, (laughs) etc. It pretty much falls in line with what I was saying before Mm. about we're talking about, you know, um, growth in the discretion or the um, the caution I have about the any, any area of the uh, discretionary uh, buying area, such as vehicles. So to me, um, look, their reports are great, um, you know, their their return on equity is really good and the solid dividend yield. Uh, but again, looking forward, I'm just a bit cautious about, they've got a strong, nice strong balance sheet. They've announced the 10% share buyback, look, at best it's a hold for me. but. I don't see again going forward. If we've got a global environment, a recessionary environment going forward, uh, this is not the sector to be in. Um, you know, but it'd be a hold if you've got it for the yield. Um, and they also, you know, have good market share, of course. But again, they they also um, have, uh, you know, cost discipline. They're reducing their debt, which is what a lot of companies are doing. So you know, they're they're preparing themselves for, you know, what's uh, what's ahead. And I like that from that point of, from the management point of view. But Right now, um, look, I can't say it's a buy for me, it's uh, at best a hold.
1: Okay, at best a hold, says Davy. what about you,
2: Grady? Buy from us. Bye. We like the stock because of its history and its trust in the Australian market. It's Australia's oldest listed automotive group. So, the and Bell Potter's latest research is called Running Smoothly. So, the company is running smoothly on all fronts. Their, their results were coming in line with Bell Potter's forecast. Revenue was slightly down, um, but... The only one thing we're looking at is rising interest rates have turned consumers, as we've spoken about before, away from spending on cars. So, and the other factor to consider is that Eagers didn't provide any guidance for the second half or the full year. So, I think they're anticipating, as you said, they're getting they're reducing net debt. They're anticipating for tougher times ahead. Um, and we've also seen um, new car sales and car sales in general go down eight percent over the last or six percent over the last year. So people are easing up their spending on the car front so I think Eagers is anticipating this for that reason they're not providing any guidance but Bell Potter maintains a buy rating okay talk me through why it's a buy rating I think given it might all be those things you yeah discounted share price probably at the moment it's $12.85 it's down 7.89% as we can see with the charts they've shown a bit of resilience through the um, sell-off at the moment so it could be a going
1: could be going up um, David do you think with this discounted share price it provides any value
0: Oh, there's value there, there's no question about it. But I'm, I'm looking ahead in terms of growth prospects in, in the face of the global picture we're, we're talking about here. So again, that's why I prefer to go into cash because I think there's going to be better opportunities uh, in, in the you know, six, 12 months down the track or maybe longer. You know, so right now it's a great opportunity to have a bit of cash, I think. And um, that's why I went to a lot of cash is for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still holding some stocks that I, I'm getting good d- yield on, but um, I think there's going to be better opportunities. So one thing I've learned over 30 years again is when sentiment changes, it doesn't matter what you think about value. Yeah. You know, it's up on the upside and the downside. I mean, you know, we saw that if you look at the extreme of the buy now, pay later, after yeah. pay, everybody was asking me, what do you think? Well, I wish I bought it at $8 and sold them at 160 mm-hmm. and the company's never made a profit, yeah. because people love the story and the company was growing, its revenues were growing, but it never translated to the bottom line. When you look at their costs, was huge, never made a profit, you know, and I said, it's, it's a bubble, you know, Mm. I mean, when people are buying something, it's like lithium, for example, is another one. I mean, although there is a lot of substantial, um, more substance, I should say behind, um, the lithium space with electric vehicles, but again, at some stage, I mean, you know, if you've got lithium prices at, at these levels, how expensive is it going to be to buy an electric vehicle? Not only that, where are you going to get the power from? Mm. So I'd rather buy, you know, I mean, but it's look, a good story. It's a great story. <laughs> but again, people are paying incredible multiples and companies that will not make any money or cash flow for years to come. But hey, ride the gravy train while it's there. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. On the upside and the downside it doesn't matter when people are losing money they're just gonna sell forget about you saying it's cheap it's cheap they're just gonna you know you can buy it at cheaper levels and that's certainly something I've learned
1: all right well let's move on to our next stock which is Cooper Energy the oil and gas producer it has operations across Victoria New South Wales South Australia and Queensland including the Cooper Otway Gippsland Bowen and Surat basins now Cooper Energy investors I believe to be expressing a bit of enthusiasm about a potential merger between Cooper Energy and Beach Energy. But apparently, Beach Energy investors are not to have the same level of excitement or thought to have the same level of excitement. Uh, Grady, what's your view on copper energy? Cooper Energy? Rather. It's a buy rating yep. at the moment. I like this
2: stock because they not only on the share market side, they actually were Australia's first carbon neutral domestic gas producer. So they're all about the green energy transition, all about moving forward. And they were awarded climate-active, carbon-neutral certification. So they're thinking about the environment as well as producing a great amount of um, LNG. Um, at the moment, there's a lot of momentum in the LNG sector because of as Ru- Russia continues to ration out its LNG to Europe, um, they're looking elsewhere. Europe, European uh, Europe is looking elsewhere for suppliers. So Australia, um, that we know they've signed contracts with Woodside, so they could be looking for smaller players like the Cooper Energies of the world. Um, and they had strong financial results, and the upside of there's upside pricing potential in FY '24 um, as their their um, sales re- agreements come under recontract in FY '24. So they can capitalize on the high price of LNG at the moment, and moving forward, go forward with the higher contracts in FY '24 onwards. Um, the energy, the results, sorry, for FY22 were ahead of expectations and show the company has a really strong balance sheet at the moment, underlying to 80 million, um, NPAT 14 million, pro forma cash position 97 million, um, which was, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Um, and they also had the acquisition of the OGPP4 from APA on June 20th, 2022, um, which strengthens the company's Gippsland Basin end-to-end capability to produce process and deliver gas.
1: Okay. So, uh, so
2: it's
1: a buy? Buy. Excellent, a buy from Grady. Uh, David, do you agree about Cooper Energy?
0: Um, my preference is beach um, yeah. you know, over I, I, I Cooper. I mean, it's you could hold it, but I wouldn't be a buyer of it right now. But mm-hmm. they have made that transformational acquisition of the Orbus, um, the uh, gas plant, and that's showing really good strong growth in the gas market. So they, they, their productions are going up. They forecast 21% increase I think between 3.74 million barrels uh, per year, per annum. Um, but again, if I'm looking for, I'd, I'd prefer Santos or Beach in this sector. Yep. I mean, we're talking at the Cooper Basin. I mean, Beach dominates that area. There might be, look, there could be a, a move to take over Cooper, um, you know, it's um, because at the right time to do it actually with the share price being where it is. Mm. So you could buy it on speculation for that reason. Uh, but again, I'd be in Beach or Santos. They're, they're the two, you know. I mean, look at Santos. Their growth target: 28 million barrels, you know. So, and and their gas reserves as well. So, you know, you've got a lot more oomph in that sector with Beach, I think, than buying Cooper. So that. Uh, would what be... are
1: the charts telling us?
0: Ah, the charts. Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> have <laughs> I put you on the spot there? Uh, let me just have a quick look. Actually, I haven't yeah. had a look at the. Uh, but it was looking just from what you sh- showed before. Here we go. Yeah, uh, just tell you one so minute. So their sharp yeah.
1: price is currently twenty six cents, up yeah, thirty percent over
0: one year. It, that's the one year. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's starting to. It's trying to find a base here around twenty six cents, twenty five cents. It needs to break above thirty cents before I would be a technical buyer. Mm-hmm. So it's just trending sideways since July, since those lows in July. It's, that's all it's been doing is tracking sideways here. But it does look like it's trying to find a base down here. I mean, the stock did get up to $0.65 at the beginning of this year. So look, if it breaks that $0.30 level with the growth in their their, um, gas processing and supplying to the East Coast, I could see that eventually it will break 30 and it can go. So this would be, you know, a a buy at that point when it breaks above $0.30 technically I'm talking about here. Yes. Okay.
1: All right, well, let's move on to our final stock, which is DDH1. It's a leading provider of drilling services to the Australian exploration and mining industry. Uh, Grady, buy, hold or sell?
2: We have a buy rating on this um, at the moment, With the price target was downgraded recently, though, from $1.48 to $1.42. This stock has a lot of focus on growth capex related to the addition of 14 new rigs. So they see growth expansion in the use of their products moving forward. Um, The focus in FY23, they've said, is on improving charge out rates to support earnings, margins and cash flow generation. So they see a lot of potential and a lot of growth in obviously the mining industry and for their drilling rigs. So they're expanding their fleet. They're really focused on underpinning their fleet expansion with higher charge out rates. So they're hoping that moving forward, customers are willing to pay the extra buck to get their new fleet underway and paid for itself really. Um, They posted really good FY22 results in a challenging market with pro forma revenue up 14% to 507 million, a bit up 10%. Um, Good results given their COVID-19 ravaged market in terms of employees. They noted a lot of absenteeism with employees during that time. So that's another focus for this year is to Um, reduce absenteeism from employees and focus on the um, fleet expansion so for that reason it is a buy rating but downgraded price target
1: Uh, david do you agree with that buy rating
0: i do actually i do like this business you know they say you buy those companies that provide the picks and the shovels you know this is one of those you know with uh, their growth in their drilling rigs they took over swick mining uh in february this year and they paid 150 million swick was the australia's largest underground driller with operations in North America and Europe. So, you know, that's, that's going to be earnings accretive, that's for sure for the company going forward. Positive cash flow, 84 million. I mean, the market cap is only around 350 odd million. Um, They're paying a good dividend yield. They're they're playing a conservative payout ratio on their net profit is 30 to 50%. So they're, you know, they've got a strong balance sheet here. Uh, They haven't provided guidance though. Uh, So, you know, but the fundamentals of the, the industry right now, you know, in the mining sector is really strong. So they're in the right sector. There's <laughs> such a demand, uh, but their costs are going up as well. Like everybody in the, in the mining sector as well. But they look, they're in the right place, the right space. And, you know, they've got, you know, very good numbers here. So to me, um, looking at, there's also announced the share buyback as well. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, that gives a floor on the price. But um, like Grady was saying, there's four brokers out there. They have an average price target of $1.37, which is 37% above where it is right now. And it's on a multiple, a single earnings multiple of seven times. Um, and the trend is positive. So look, that ticks every single one of my boxes, so that's a buy for that reason.
1: Okay, it's a buy for both of you. So let's uh, summarise the second half of the show. We had Wise Tech, and I'm just going to see what we, we said about Wise Tech. David said, if you've got it, take some profits, hold the rest. Unbelievable growth in the share price, but too expensive to hold. Uh, Grady agrees with him, saying it's definitely a hold. Uh, moving on to Perpetual, David says sell, possibly buy it on lower levels. They ask you to the US equities markets, anything global will affect it, seeing a further downside. Uh, Grady disagrees. She says it's a buy, a good takeover with Pendle Group and it will have lots of benefits. Uh, if we move along to Eagers, uh, at best it's a hold from David. Reports were great, return on equity is great, but not the sector to be in. Uh, Grady disagrees. She says it's a buy, rising interest rates have turned consumers away from buying cars and there's no four-year guidance, but there's a discount counted share price on the plus side. uh, Cooper Energy David said a hold not a buy his preference is Santos or Beach while Grady says buy. Thinking about the environment there's a lot of momentum in the green energy sector so a buy from Grady. And then DDH Drill a bit of excitement about this one Uh, both a buy from both David and Grady. David says he likes this business hasn't provided any guidance but they're in the right space they've also announced a share buyback. while Grady uh, says a buy. Um, Now we have looked at 10 10 stocks today including the stock of the day Rex uh, putting you the spot a little bit here but which of these stocks excites you the most that we've chatted about today
0: oh that's a good one I, i'd say the last one i mm-hmm. think the last one the, you know the trend the the earnings growth in that sector uh with the acquisition of swick Swick, um, i think there's up there's um, good upside potential there and you know they're they're in that sector like I said it's a growth sector right now um drilling so uh i like that so out of all the stocks today uh, yeah, that would be my number one pick.
1: Uh, Grady, what about you? Gold Road for me. Think,
0: yeah, that's the, the yeah. other <laughs> one. Yeah, I think yeah. Gold Road
2: for me. I mm. love the fact that they've got so much exposure to do different mines that we know are world class mines, and they are coming up as assets that are looking very attractive on the global scale, not only for buy-ins but takeovers. So, yeah, that's
1: my. Favorite yeah, one. gee,
0: that's a tough one too. Yeah, yeah. They're both. They're both those. Are, Excellent today. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, you chatted about FedEx on Friday. Obviously, that's what everyone's chatting about. It. Um, what's What's your view? What's your take?
0: Well, from what the you know management said, it's the slowdown in growth, the global growth and um, transport. So you know that's that's uh that's a leading indicator when you've got a company the size of FedEx saying mm-hmm. that. So um, you know there's going to be I think a few shocks in this earnings season for this quarter in the US. So I would definitely not be in the US market. Um, I think there's a lot more downside in the US market. But also, um, what was his name, C- Craig uh, Jensen, who's the um, co-CEO of Bridgewater, the biggest hedge fund in the world, the biggest, mm-hmm. just came out last week to say he's very bearish on the US market and the global market. So for him to come out and say that, um, that's, that's another telltale sign. If somebody running the biggest hedge funds, that's why I'm saying, Right now, moving, at, you know, waiting, high waiting to cash could be very beneficial down the track. There's, there'll be plenty of opportunities, so there's no rush to go out and buy right now.
1: Okay, well, thank you both so much for joining us. That is our show for today. Uh, So thanks to David Novak from WealthWise Education and Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. And any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email, thecall at osbiz.com.au or you can tweet us at at osbiz.tv. And a reminder where to find all the stocks we have in The Call's portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. I'm Amber Sherlock. I'll see you tomorrow on The Call.